a stunning solo bass performance. An electronic gem that absolutely knocks. And a groove-laden collaboration. You're listening to Themes and Variation. Themes and Variation is a podcast about music and perspectives brought to you by the online music school, Soundfly. I'm your host, Carter Lee. Well, folks, another Themes and Variation coming at you, and I have some massive news for you right off the top. Soundfly's brand new premium course, Kiefer, Keys, Chords, and Beats, is dropping Wednesday, November 10th. Kiefer has been called the best-kept secret in jazz and alt-rap. Both a skilled pianist and dynamic producer, he draws on the rich traditions of black American music for a sound that's not quite jazz, not quite hip-hop, and something entirely his own. In this course, Kiefer showcases his approach to the piano and keys, making modern piano-based music by tackling five creative challenges and breaking down how he navigates each one. You'll explore how to write sophisticated and soulful chord changes, how to harmonize with a melody, how to come up with exciting solos, how to fashion short loops into interesting beats, and so much more. So if you're a pianist or a producer with some background in keys, dive in to take your skills to the next level. Kiefer Keys, Chords, and Beats goes live on Wednesday, November 10th at soundfly.com. And folks, you're in luck. We are having a little pre-sale right now. So if you head to soundfly.com, use the code EARLYBIRD20 when you sign up for a monthly or annual subscription and get 20% off. So now let's turn our attention to today's episode where we're talking songs that groove. These are tracks that just have that that feel good. You might not notice it, but all of a sudden you've been listening to it for a little bit and your head's bobbing a little bit. You start to move like these are just incredibly groovy tracks. And joining me for this deep dive, of course, is my frequent co-host, Mihaly Lee, and our dear friend, producer, composer, and drummer, Effa Aroma Jr. Effa is known for his stylistic versatility, expressive creativity, and his deep musical instincts. He performs and records with a variety of artists, including Sensei, Common Souls, Zephyr Avalon, and Moonchild. Seriously, one of my favorite musicians on the planet, and it's so good to have him on the podcast. And we get into all kinds of things on this episode, like the otherworldly production approach of knowledge. We talk about the bass guitar for probably far too long, and Effa perfectly defines the term pocket. So without further ado, let's get into the episode, Songs That Groove. All right, folks, another themes and variation coming at you. Joining me, of course, is my frequent co-host, Mahaya Lee. Mahaya, how are you doing? Yeah, yeah. you're laughing at that, but I, yeah. that was a fantastic intro. I'm getting so good at this. I yeah. know. No, I, I've just, I was bracing myself for that question because my mom, who's visiting us right now, she told me recently that it feels like every time you ask me that question, I kind of mail it in with the answer. So yeah. really good. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. We're taping this one in the evening for the first time ever. We've done a bunch of these podcasts and they're always during like normal business hours. Oh, super early. But it's in the evening. So 
Um, we are getting into it. And I'm so good because we're joined by our dear friend, a fellow Canadian and a fellow Edmontonian, really, <laughs> Mr. Effa at Aroma Junior. Effa, my man, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Yeah, just chilling. <laughs> <laughs> chilling. Dude, I'm so excited. We, I mean, you and I played together a bunch, you know, back yeah. in the day. It's, it's been a while for sure, but like, we're going with songs that groove, a very simple, very succinct theme. Of course, having a drummer like yourself, somebody who, you know, as a bass player, from my perspective, you start playing with somebody, you have that instant kind of hookup. It's like, it just feels good, sounds good, everything. I mean, you're top, top of the list for that. Oh, um, you. you know, we we got to do a little course together on on making grooves with SoundCloud yeah. back yeah. in the day as well. But guys, I mean, a quick kind of, almost kind of groove existential question to kick things off before we get into some music. The word pocket gets thrown around yeah. so much. Effa, as a as a drummer with very deep pocket, um, <laughs> how how would you contextualize that word to somebody? Um, I think it's like a combination of timing, like consistent timing, and mm-hmm. then also mm-hmm. like your attitude, and then also understanding maybe the history of what you're playing, or understanding like how it relates to the context, and kind of understanding maybe like the vocabulary that you play that will fit in the thing so it's a lot of things so that's, that's why so it's elegant. it's kind of hard <laughs> yeah. it's hard hard to just be like just play with more pocket it's like ah, <laughs> ah. Yeah, <laughs> it's, you can't. it's yeah. like yeah you yeah. know maybe five ten more years and a couple bad decisions <laughs> and you know <laughs> i like that you're factoring attitude and life experience because yeah. i do feel like those are things that are part of certain music terms but it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel quite right to include them in a definition when you're explaining something like technical it's hard to be like well it's in your attitude but you like yeah like you said it and i was like yeah of course <laughs> yeah. yeah miles uh miles davis always referred to that as as the carriage i think is like the mm. way somebody carried their instrument or just walked like he would make decisions on personnel based on that if you seemed a little nervous going into a session, like that was tough. And of course, like who wouldn't be nervous like, <laughs> in, in like later, later years, Miles be like, oh my God, I'd be so nervous. But like, anyway, anyways. That's a, I, but that's like, I'm, like F is a drummer and I'm a pianist. Yeah. So neither of us can like really walk in holding our instrument with dignity. That feels <laughs> Yeah, your keyboard. You got, oh, drummers, you got, if you got a really cool, like maybe leather bag. Yeah, if your, your simple bag you is really gotta, sick, yeah, I guess. Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course yeah. you can. It's tough if you got to bring your, your whole kit, you know, and you're pulling it out of your Subaru Forester or whatever. Yeah. It's nothing against Foresters, but they're yeah. But Miles they're Davis fine. was an inch of them. Is that what you're getting at? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm driving currently. <laughs> is it really? Is that actually yeah. what you're driving? Yeah, That's so weird. That's kind of hilarious. I, I heard, said that because I, 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 I knew you cool. had an SUV. I was like, that, I'm going to say Forester because he doesn't. And it's on my mind because now we live in Oregon. It's like we're going to have to get a Forester at some point. It's just part of being a – they're a cool car. Don't get me wrong. That's just the, the car they took. Anyways, as I as I backtrack incessantly. It's no, <laughs> uh, a loose one time. I'm having a great time. I can't wait to listen to this, to this selection, Mejia, that you made. So, let's guys, let's just dive right in. All right, Mahia. <laughs> what are we listening to? I can't even say the title of the song and sound cool because of my particular inflections. <laughs> but we're listening to You Can't Hold No Groove If You Ain't Got No Pocket by <laughs> Victor <Wood. laughs> Um It's like so clever, it's cringy. 
there's so much word play yeah. in well not just the song but the entire album which was called um yeah. a show of hands we're actually listening to the 15th anniversary version i think that's worth okay. noting so let me back up and pick and tell you about the songs i didn't choose because this is a little bit of a okay, weird please. choice for me in part okay. because it's the first time i think i've ever picked a song that i don't really feel that qualified to talk about while knowing both of the other people on the episode are highly qualified to talk about it for different reasons, you know? <laughs> so most of my prep involved coming up with questions for you two, so brace yourselves. <laughs> but I did consider, like, Sun Lux is the fool you need, because I think that stuff has a really interesting sense of groove, and a lot of the time uh. it's got a complexity to it. Initially, Carter had worded the theme as songs that groove hard, and I was going to flip that and think about songs with hard grooves. So, like, I thought about money just because it's like the first odd time thing a lot of people learn. And then because you are both proud Canadian men, I did consider Rush's YYZ. Oh, um, nice. Which... I, I said it to Carter, and he's like, this isn't as hard as you think it is. <laughs> there, there are some hard, it's some hard runs in yeah. it. But like the, the groove, though, if you're just thinking groove. Because right. I, I don't associate like the... Like that, that's, you know, that's the whole thing. I have a question for Effa right off the bat. Please. So, okay. Victor Wooten, for me, as a bass player, it was always, always drummers coming to me being like, yo, you got, you, you heard this Victor Wooten song? Really? Does that kind of line up with your experience? I was kind of fascinated with like how rhythmic he played. Mm. I was just like, how is he doing mm, yeah. all this stuff? And it was just like basically playing like a drummer or percussionist on his bass. What do you mean by that? Um, just like the the slapping and popping, it just like sounds almost like someone tapping, like in a way, like sounds like yeah. someone like tapping on like a you know playing congas or just like like totally. very very clear staccato and like an aggressive percussion things. And when you play with a drummer, it would be like the, almost like they're talking back and forth, mm. kind of yeah in the cracks yeah. rhythmically versus just holding long notes. Like I kind of thought that yeah. was an interesting way of playing because I hadn't really heard anyone play like that. The first time I heard him, there weren't like videos on YouTube to check out. <laughs> and you literally yeah. are like, there has to be, he has to be overdubbing his parts. Like there's no, mm -hmm. there's literally no way that a single human being can can make those noise. But then you figure out the technique a little bit. And I know, hey, you have questions about that I and I will answer them for you. <laughs> I remember just listening to CD in my car, I think, for the first time being like, that's that's impossible. To this, yeah. like, this album specifically? There's literally no way one person can play that. Probably this record, yeah. I was listening to a lot of Marcus Miller at the mm. time, too. I got way into Marcus too. more than yeah. more than Victor, I think. And they have similar techniques. Marcus, I love a little bit more. because Well, one, he played with Miles. And two, yeah. like, he plays more over changes. Victor can do that as well. But yeah. there's just something about Marcus. There's a little bit more swag. He's got him. so much swag. <laughs> I think some of it too is just the like the appeal of Victor Wooten is like 
Like if people can name three bass players, there's a good chance he's one of them. Mm. You know, like it's yeah. almost Jocko, Victor, and like maybe you throw in Paul McCartney or Getty you Lee. Feel like, or guys, you should like probably that. pick somebody yeah. like a band. Yeah, Getty Lee. Get, if you're just known for bass, Getty Lee. Yeah. Um, so I think there know. is a little bit of a like, like sometimes it's easy to forget how amazing he is just because everybody seems to know he's amazing. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> like it doesn't That's feel fair. like he's this like super like. Oh, I have so much credibility because I think Victor Wooten's playing is amazing. Because yeah. I don't know, that's like being like, I like that the wind exists or something. Um, yeah, <laughs> just kind of can't argue <laughs> with that the conversation ends. I was gonna ask though, Effa, as a drummer, have you played with bass players who kind of tried to emulate the style, and does it change how, like, how does it change how you play when someone is demonstrating this kind of virtuosity? Mm. Mm-hmm. The slapping style is kind of. It just, for whatever reason, it feels like I want to play more aggressively, maybe a bit more simple because the bass is going to fill up more space and just kind of reacting to what's going on. And like I've seen uh, like Nick West, who also plays a lot of slap style. I saw Victor Wooten recently, obviously watched lots of videos and listened to recordings of Marcus Miller and all their bands yeah. have drummers that just really hit the drums hmm. when they're Dude, when Dennis they're Chambers Dennis and, Chambers and together is yeah. like good god <laughs> yeah they just like very aggressive very like in your face hmm. but it seems to happen naturally yeah. it's not like this is what I do when you right. slap it's just like you know it's like almost like the height of a solo someone might slap or high hmm. like the a high energy song is going to be the song that you're starting to slap like crazy like matching <laughs> of the energy almost yeah like exactly if you're there, yeah. I gotta go there too yeah for yeah. Sure. Um, while I'm asking questions, which again, it's really weird. My prep works almost entirely no, questions, but Carter, yep, I know you me. to be somebody who veers away from slapping if you have the, ch- like even, <laughs> even times when it's in <laughs> the expressive text, you'll kind of do the, do I have to thing? Like, and you have hands that seem built, well, you have thumbs that are built for slapping. So why are you so anti? <laughs> Sounds like an insult for someone. Like, why don't I slap? Okay. Why are um, you hesitant to? Because I've heard that you, I've heard you do it, and you can do it. This is like origin story <laughs> stuff. Seriously, I when I was at McEwen, which again, Effa went to McEwen. We were, I remember Effa and I were in the same theory class. We were in the same theory class with Kent Sangster for one afternoon, and then Effa went to McGill. McEwen's an amazing school, but like seriously, if you go to McGill, half the Soundfly staff went to McGill. Oh, wow. Yeah, and they're all very smart, and uh, mm-hmm. it makes the sense. It's, it's, a, it's a gem in Canada's uh, post-secondary education program. But McEwen is amazing, <laughs> and I, I loved my time there. But it's funny, like I got a very like real-world experience because there was a, uh, a bass player by the name of Dave Robinson who could play all this stuff. Dude, I pick, I was so into Victor Wooten for a little bit. I mm-hmm. picked up the Method book. I started learning classical thump, a tune that he wrote as an exercise. But then I realized there's already somebody here that can do that. Mm. You're not going to get dollar store version of Dave Robinson, which was me. Like you're going to get <laughs> Dave to play this stuff. But why don't I keep pursuing the thing that I really love? And I, what I started to love more was playing. This is so lame, but playing melodically. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like the slap bass kind of, for me, I wasn't able to access it. 
it's a little bit of a parlor trick. I, I think it's amazing. I have the same feeling when I learn a slap ri- uh, riff as when I learn a magic trick or a, a card <laughs> trick or whatever, where I got to show my friends and like, that's cool, but I don't really know what to do with it practically yeah. at all. Like, mm. That's like any music. Like I feel like a lot of musical techniques that have some novelty to them do feel like parlor tricks until you learn how to harness them you know like yeah. like a glissando is like one of the first like dumb things kids or anyone plays at a piano but when you yeah. can do one perfectly timed that goes from the note you want to the note you want it's no longer a parlor trick you know yeah and that's kind of how i feel like like the people who really have slapping down yeah. it is its own art um th- yeah. to follow all that up with a stupid question is it more painful to play that way? That's such a dumb question, but I, like, I want to know. No, at first it is. I mean, at first any technique on the bass is like not super fun because you're going to get blisters and stuff. But but slap, yeah, no, it, at first it's not pleasant because you have to develop blisters like on the side and the calluses. I didn't say blisters, but you develop calluses <laughs> eventually. You should, if you're just getting blisters, you should probably talk to <laughs> Doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah, you're definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> It's an aggressive technique. My bases aren't set up to do it. I'm a flat wound guy now. I like do they really have to be like higher off the bridge heavy, or something? dark tones. Like, what do you mean set uh, up? Well, Victor Wooten, I think, has fairly low action. Mm-hmm. I remember Dave teaching me, like, you got to have this low action, meaning your strings are really close to your fretboard. And that I started to really hate tonally because mm. you can't dig into the note. You're getting these very thin sounds. I, it reminds me, honestly, of like, I, I saw Christian Scott at a clinic once, mm. and he, like, my favorite trumpet player probably of all time. Yeah, he's um, great. And, and Ambrose, of course, but like, Christian like Scott, Miles. unbelievable. And, well, Miles, of course. Take that, that to your saying, Subaru but, but, hating. Just kidding. <laughs> my, my favorite living trumpet player. There you go. Okay. And he said he hates the sound of the trumpet. Hates Interesting. It. And that kind of resonated with me weirdly, because I was like, I don't... I don't love the sound of the bass so much. Okay. Like I, I do now and like maybe you find your own sound that kind of helps. But with slap, I... Well, there's it, like a challenge totally, there. I, That's know. interesting. Yeah. Like if you is. don't naturally yeah. like the sound of your instrument, then the pursuit of finding a way to make a sound that you love. Like anyone who gets great at trombone. So so I think that is an interesting thing. I'm um, speaking though of just like playing bass. And do you know the story on how he started playing? Because I think it's it's relatable for like 90% of bass players, I'd say. Family band, uh, family band, ridiculously talented family. His his brother though, his brother go, that goes by I don't know if he still does, but Future Man, uh, F. Do you ever see Future Man play MIDI drums? <laughs> it's so wild, but it's like yeah, like at yeah, first I was like, oh yeah, like yeah, check out Victor Wood, but he's check out his brother. His brother plays drums, and I was like, that's not yeah. a drum. <laughs> yeah, it's like a guitar. Yeah, it's a but guitar in like, drum. In the but early two thousands, it was mind blowing. It was very it was crazy. Dope. I can't believe it's yeah, crazy. Definitely. Yeah. Were that and these like, brother yeah. that was in uh, the Fleck tones as well? Because I know one of them. So. Uh, Future Man played with. There was some Bella Fleck uh, stuff with Victor Wooten and, and yeah. Future Man. They were founding members well. apparently. Oh wow! Yeah. Didn't know that. This it, his stuff with Bella Fleck is my favorite. Yeah, yeah. It, it's unbelievable. of how that came to be i mostly got no. stories in my research no, I this i thought was cool so he picked up a friend victor Wooten by he um picked up a friend's banjo just kind of oh. messing around one day and started playing it but because the banjo is tuned differently from a bass mm. and he was used to bass tuning obviously he had just a sound that was not a standard banjo sound and his friend oh. was like you know who you sound like you sound like this guy bella fleck 
So he decided he needed to figure out who this person was who could play the banjo in this atypical, interesting way that created this unique Crazy. sound. Wow. Very cool. That's cool. He has that kind of cosmic thing about him, too, mm. that just like he he's tapped into something in the universe that just like <laughs> he thinks differently and he just goes and it's amazing. And, yeah. he go, you know. <laughs> amazing to me that not only is this one bass performance that isn't multi-tracked it's four strings yeah that's so crazy (laughs) four strings then he gets all that stuff out of it i thought this was an interesting choice not only because the name of the song is very on the nose in that cheesy clever way that jazz musicians seem to love when they name things looking at you dave brubeck um (laughs) but also because when i was trying to define groove for myself Drums or percussion almost always, at least loosely, came into my definition somewhere in my mm. head. So the fact that that's not here and you still, like like you said, Eva, he's so rhythmic, you know? Yeah. It's amazing to me that that could happen without a drummer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Carter, as a bass yep. player, what is interesting to you yep. about this song? Oh, man. Um <laughs> On the spot there, sorry. <laughs> I mean, the technique and, and what I was saying before about when you listen to it for the first time and, and not knowing how it's done. All of Victor's playing, and, and anytime you hear something like this, it, it really is, it, it's kind of like a magic trick where it's economy of motion. That, mm-hmm. That's everything that he's doing. He's doing things that sound like, and it, there are, there. it's impressive. It's incredibly impressive. It does take a long time to learn how to do it. But like he's doing things that make it far easier than than how they sound just because of that economy, the economy of motion kind of principle that he's got in his playing, right? And all amazing technical, technically gifted players have that. So it's it's the left hand and the right hand working almost like a little bit more independently, I think, than hmm. than traditional just bass playing. But they are they're working together to to get the most out of you know what you have and on, on your in your hands these these 10 fingers right mm. i have a question for both of you though with regards to victor wooten and th- <laughs> this this album in particular would you ever go out and pick up this record and just for like like leisure listening you know you, you pick up the vinyl and you're like i'm gonna listen to a record today i'm you know i want to want to chill out would you put this record on that's such a good question. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> yeah. I'd have to be in such a specific mood. Because yeah, it is, like, it is it's soothing. Cool. It's, it it's, cool. it's kind of like, yeah. like, I don't think I'd listen to a full album of like classical etudes, which in some way is what this album is. You know? Okay. Like, it's etudes. It it's, is. It's really yeah, it difficult is. exercises, essentially. Yeah. But it's just <laughs> weird, but I would listen to like, like, soul. I would listen to solo, like, just Bach, like I would listen to Glenn Gould playing, like the piano. But would you listen to like twelve in a row? Maybe, probably, potentially. I think it's the instrument. Like li- listening to solo bass stuff, and I don't think it's just me being a bass player. But <laughs> listening to solo bass stuff, I I am so blown away by it. And I used to be way more into listening to it from like I'm going to learn how to do this stuff. Look, yeah. Chromatic Fantasy, Jocko playing the Bach stuff. I love that. Portrait of Tracy to me is probably the most beautiful, yeah. one of the most beautiful things ever recorded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. but it is also like it is kind of built on an exercise as well. So I'm contradicting myself. I like Jocko, <laughs> like you know, whatever. I love Victor too, but I just yeah, you know, I wouldn't do it. It's interesting <laughs> that 
people with that kind of musicality would be so drawn to this instrument that doesn't necessarily lend itself to it, just based on the way that it's traditionally treated. Um, like Victor Wooten plays mm-hmm. multiple instruments well. You know, like there's yeah. even a story yeah, about yeah. when he was, I think, a teenager. His brother recommended him for a gig as a bluegrass fiddler at a theme park, and yeah. he did not play fiddle. Oh wow! So he borrowed a fiddle and taught himself to play, and was good enough to keep the Genius. gig. Whoa! And yet he stuck Easy to bass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's unique. Like taking taking the unique route will probably give him maybe something different yeah. versus like if he just played guitar. Yeah. It'd just be like every guitar player same. Oh, you're tapping. Everybody's taps, but tapping on bass, chords mm. on bass. Everybody's just freaking out. <laughs> And he's doing things that everybody's already done. Yeah. It's a smaller pool. Another it's easier to stand out. Is that what you're... No, I'm just yeah. kidding. Well, he's like really, really standing out because it's just like no one thought of it. And they're like trying to get around thinking about it. And he's already done all the things. So this is Got It Good by Kay Trinata featuring Craig David. Yeah, Kay Trinata, there's something, I think the main thing that I love about him is that his bass lines are so um, melodic and then the drums are just like, just banging. Between the bass and the drums, it's just like, you know, I always know what to expect. Or I can also always tell it's a Kay Trinata track if the bass is crazy and the drums are smacking. The sub tone on this track is probably yeah. one of my favorite ever. Yeah. It's so clear. I love a, a super distorted subby bass like the next guy, but this one, yeah. there's all the weight of a, a subby bass, but then there's still like very, very clear distinction of every single note that's happening on. And it's still got a little bit of grease to it too. It's really, really sick. It's so sick. I definitely like, yeah, when the bass has like some grit to it or like the, the tension to the to the articulation in the notes makes mm-hmm. sense within yeah. the groove. So it's not all long notes. It's not all short notes. Mm. And and in this particular track, it's like the kick is kind of boomy, but like not, it's like kick is like medium length. The bass is long. Yeah. So that yeah. balance kind of makes sense. And then maybe like some like house, house music, the kick's super short and the bass is long. So just having that kind of juxtaposition can really help it groove. The idea of having a unique tone as a drummer is another thing that I think people who aren't drummers or producers don't necessarily think about. Like how much do you think about your tone? And setting up your kit for that matter. Like, do you do you mm. tune your drums in a specific way or anything like that? Yeah, like tuning. I definitely think about tuning and have like kind of like very technical ways of thinking about it. And then other and then ways of thinking about it where it's like, OK, it just feels good and try mm. to meet it in the middle. But like, yeah, certain approximate pitches of have a bunch of toms or maybe tune up higher for a jazz thing and then mm. tune lower for a hip hop or kind of a pop pop thing and if i have multiple snare drums i tune them in a certain way 
And then like when I'm recording and someone sends me a reference track, I try to tune the snare drum to the fundamental pitch of the snare. That way when I send it back to them, they're not like, it sounds entirely different. It's like, at least in the, in the ballpark. Otherwise they're like, the the snare sucks, but it's like, it's tuned (laughs) to a different note. That's it. It's like similar timbre, timbre, but like tuned to a different note. I think the weirdest thing I ever saw with drummers, I once saw a timpani player who was determined to get more notes than the Mm. three that he had and just like seeing him (laughs) tune mid piece was very like oh this looks so stressful but yeah um, yeah ever since then it's always been interesting to me when i see any sort of drummer or percussionist tuning something i'm like that's that's cool This yeah. is where we insert a clip of like Ari Honig with the extreme levels of, of playing like a B flat blues or rhythm changes. Oh man. The thing that I like about this track, I guess, from producer aspect is like the balance of like the floaty aspects that are like the beginning with the sample kind of floating in and then when the beat drops the rhythmic elements are like have a swagger to them so like that kind of balance between floaty and rhythmic and then also the space between things with the reverb like there's elements where there's there's like the drums drop but then there's like a like a little single vocal going on and it's like really really far back how would you uh this is a weird question but how would you describe the groove of this tune in one word (laughs) that's so hard like word count three words (laughs) kind of like kind of like stanky but it's like it's like driven and then it's also like almost choppy too even though it's very like feels smooth it feels choppy like he's like it feels a little choppy in a way do you think that's the hats kind of the high hats yeah the high you get that yeah yeah it feels like yeah it feels like a little but choppy in a good way where it's just kind of like chugging along did this uh this one part I wanted to to call out uh, the filter sweep mm. uh, going. This is this is probably one of my favorite moments in this track though. This like. I heard somebody. I want to say it might have been Ryan Lott say something recently about how he um likes for his music to kind of constantly not constantly but like periodically have something that sort of surprises your ear even if it's in a Mm. little way like basically give you that gives you another reason to engage with the track and i feel like this this does that really well without it being like oh something new like oh something like you know like it's subtle but there's always something new that sucks you in and makes you go what's going on think the vocal rhythm because we're talking about like things that groove hard like uh craig mm-hmm. david's like catalog a lot of his music is like uk two-step and it's pretty fast 
paced music and in this track it's kind of a slow track hmm. probably one of the slower tracks i've heard him sing on and his rhythms in the in the verse are um it's like in the verse he's like driving the song and then in the course it gets airy and it's almost yeah. doing yeah like uh like i feel like the vocal like if it was you could just hear the acapella that would just be the groove of the song and it mm. almost sounds like yeah. the production went around his vocals even though it might have been after you know the groove came first and his vocals came in there like the the vocals are really carrying the pocket and i dig you know i feel like i dig vocalists that have a pocket that yeah. can work in that way like Kimbra or Leon Lahavis D'Angelo on their mm-hmm. own it's like pocket Stevie Wonder like so many vocalists just like their vocals are pocket and everything just kind of you play to the vocalist almost dude I love this song I Catronata too somebody that I haven't listened to enough of honestly I know yeah. like tracks come out and I'll listen to them, like be blown away by them and then yeah. I just don't quite but I, I have to. Um, F, where would you start maybe with listening to Catronada? Aside from Got It Good, like where would somebody else, maybe like myself, I want to want to put mm. together some more Like more any listening of the collaborations. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This might be weird, but I would start with his remixes. That's how I got into him. Mm. He did nice. a Tidra Mo- Moses remix. I think he did a Jill Scott remix. <laughs> He's one of those ones where I wish he would just show what he's doing online because I'm I have so many questions, so many questions about the drums and like uh, yeah. the the synths and like uh, um, almost more the mixing because I feel like the the way things mm-hmm. are mixed that's creating the pocket like the balance between the kick snare and then the bass and whatever things like the intro the 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 sample is like kind of side chained or it sounds like it a little bit. Like things like yeah. that, the puck is being is being prepared before you get smacked in the face with this like crazy groove. We are listening to Wings from No Worries. That is Anderson Pock and yeah. Knowledge, a little yeah. collaboration from the record Yes Laud. Trying to think like where to start. Well, let's with start with this the fact that like, like I asked you what you were doing and you hadn't yeah. chosen, and I was like, I'm thinking about doing silk something by Silk Sonic. And then you were like, okay. mm, I've just decided what I want to do. And I was like, we can't both do collaborations. He's a you part could have totally of it. Like, you could have totally done. So you he's, took me to different directions. He's one direction. of the like, grooviest yeah. dudes <laughs> on the planet. So like that that would have been totally fine. I thought about doing best one from this record. Mm-hmm. You guys, like, I told you guys, I'm gonna do best one from this record. picked this because Wings originally appeared on, on Knowledge's uh, mixtape, Cauliflower. To me, I was like, well, how do these two get together? Because I, I remember when it was question. announced that they were working on a record, it was like, oh my, man, yeah. you're not in New York still. And it was that like, oh my God, I cannot wait for these two to, because I, Ian Barnett, 
hipped me to knowledge, showed me Strawberry's Fundraiser Volume Three, and okay. I was I was absolutely blown away. experimental rhythms experimental production but i also like knowledge is a dude who will just slap two different grooves on on the same track and it feels like it really feels like you're totally disoriented listening to mm. some of it so how did the collaboration happen like i want you to get back I'm, to that i'm I taking a guess know. i'm taking a, i'm okay. taking a pure guess because <laughs> wings was on cauliflower from 2013 this record comes out in 2016 and they use it on the record. So I, I could totally picture Anderson Pock being hip to knowledge and mm. hearing this track mm. and being like, we got to do something with this track. Okay. Uh, Suede, I think, was their first like release, but I could totally see that being the case. Uh, smooth in the motherfucker. Suede on the inside. Can you paint? Can you paint? got two purveyors of groove bringing their own thing to this track anderson and knowledge i think anderson like like he's an incredible drummer incredible yeah. multi-instrumentalist but he just he hit like f you're going back to your definition of pocket which was so perfect anderson embodies everything you said mm. about pocket to me like the way he sings the way he plays it's just he he sits into whatever the groove is and and will adapt to it and own it and control it but then you have knowledge who's like 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 almost alien like kind of grooves happening. <laughs> Definitely. Like there's so many different things, like <laughs> layers and grooves and samples to the point where like I, I dude, I honestly today I was listening to two separate knowledge tracks. I didn't realize it because I had opened another one in the browser <laughs> Wait, like, and I didn't time. realize that I was listening to two different tracks. They were just oh, no. like I was like, oh, oh yeah, so this funny. is knowledge. Yeah, this is totally how this goes. But was it sick? But no, I yeah. You know, it was sick. I, I highly <laughs> recommend uh, that listening experience. What you just um, said was interesting, like, though, because I think it is a very much yeah. like you're saying. It feels like a collaboration between like a guy for whom groove is just like natural. Like I've never seen it, but I kind of suspect that Anderson Pock like walks really just like rhythmically. Cool. Like yeah. you know, like it just oh seems like God. something that yeah. just like he probably breathes in a way that somehow has groove to like you can you probably see set your watch to yeah, how he, but, he walks I but bet. in a yeah. way that is like you know like like would you see him sing and play drums simultaneously which is such a difficult thing to do and it is mm -hmm. certainly a thing other drummers and other singers do but the way he does it just feels like it's meant to be versus i feel like yeah like knowledge is approach to groove it's almost like he's taking control of the rhythm and like manipulate like it's just this really, it's almost like when you hear a track that has really good organic instruments and really good synthetic ones. To, like, it's that mm. same kind of like somewhere yeah. these two styles were what I needed and I didn't know it. <laughs> yeah, that makes Love sense. That. Um, just on the on the track too. So if you listen super carefully, you don't even have to listen that, that carefully, but maybe on a first listen, you might not notice it. But there's at the very least a ride symbol that that feels very random in the background. Mm -hmm. I think it's just a whole other groove happening as well. But just listen a little bit and see if you can guys pick that up. I want you. I hope you know it's there. Baby, get your shit together. We in the town. It's been a long time. I like it the back. Yeah, it was on the downbeat, and then it's off the downbeat, and then it's somewhere nowhere. Like it's oh, just wow. so random. 
And it's it's the cool thing about this and the collaboration is that it's an even more subdued version of what knowledge might do. Mm. But it gives lots of room for the background vocals, lots of room for Anderson to float just on top of the track. But it still has like knowledge, like his authentic kind of voice as a producer uh, on it. This is an Ahmad Jamal. Of course, we shouldn't be surprised <laughs> in Ahmad Jamal sample uh, from oh, okay. Ghetto Child. Yeah, that something about that. Yeah, speaking that of Rose, groove. Do, oh, man. Just, it, I can't think of a better rhythmic pianist. Ahmad plus Rhodes is That's like... Dope. <laughs> This kind of dead, punchy snare mm. is probably my favorite mm. snare tone. Effa, I gotta know like what goes into a good, good snare tone in in your opinion. Because it depends on the tuning, but for the dead yeah. snare tone, it's like, yeah, let's just put a t-shirt on and just make it yeah. dead and dry and compress it. And Can I ask you a stupid question? Yeah. What are the, some of the most surprising things that you have put on a snare to affect I, its sound? Because I've seen some <laughs> weird stuff come out of people's pockets when they want to change yeah. their snares. I was just going to hit that, but F, I want to hear F. I've seen Altoids uh, and paper clips and T-shirts and socks. All of the above. <laughs> uh, I put, used to put, use my BlackBerry as a mute because it was a, it was a <laughs> and People would be like, don't so do that. Baller. And I'm like, that's yo, so I sick. don't care. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and just like play gigs. But... Oh um, man, yeah, that's um, probably like the worst and most expensive thing I put on my snare. <laughs> I think the dopest oh, thing man. I've seen was uh, Chris Dave put a bottle. I think it was like Patron Silver <laughs> on so, his, like, and he played on it, <laughs> and he played on it, <laughs> and played all this crazy stuff. And I was like, of course, oh, of course he would. I put my water bottle, and that's or my like BlackBerry, but like that's the dopest yeah. thing. <laughs> it's like the teetotal way of doing that. My last thing on on this track is is literally uh, apparently they're working on a second album. So oh, wow. let's hope that comes out. Uh, I cannot. I, I was so excited when I heard that this one was going to happen. That mm -hmm. was five years ago. And uh, I'm dying to hear another one because, uh, yeah, this, this album's incredible. The collaboration is incredible. And, of course, the groove is incredible. It's been a long time, long time. Effa, you're incredible. I mean, one, you're an incredible friend. You're an yeah. incredible musician, producer, drummer, all of the above. Uh, what do you got going on these days, though, man? What do you want to share with our listeners, m your music, where they can find it? Any tours maybe you got coming up? Obviously, you you've worked with some pretty amazing artists, and you're an incredible artists in your own right. So please share. Any other the floor Edmontonians you feel the need to shout out? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I just recently put out a single called Finite Spaces that uh, features Julian Pollock, aka uh, J3PO. J3PO. Yeah. yeah. And then I have an album coming out on uh, November 2nd called oh, Aesthetics. So, so, yeah, very soon. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I can yeah I'll have to share the track with you, you guys. Yep. But, um, yeah, so I'm like, super excited for that. And it was kind of like the pandemic record as soon as I got home or kind of got forced to come home from a tour. <laughs> I began yeah. writing this record thinking the pandemic would be two weeks long and just ended up finishing a full album remotely yeah. so yeah you. i'm ex <laughs> super excited for that and hopefully I, i'll get a chance to do some gigs with it and but yeah it's, it was cool cool process for sure 
And that's going to do it for this episode of Themes and Variation. Thank you so much for listening. We want to know your favorite songs that groove. So as always, there's a link to a Spotify community playlist in our show notes. Feel free to add your selections there. And of course, remember to head to soundfly.com for all of your music learning needs. Remember, we've got the brand new course, Kiefer, Keys, Chords, and Beats, dropping November 10th. And you can use the discount code EARLYBIRD20 from now until Tuesday to take 20% off a monthly or annual subscription. And as a special treat, we're going to play this one out with Effa's track, Finite Spaces. From his brand new release, you can go get it now, Aesthetics. And we'll be back in two weeks with a new episode and a new theme.